Welcome to Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. We're here to help you take your health, fitness, and mindset to the next level. It's time to level up. Hey everyone, welcome to today's episode of Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. Today we are talking about how to get started in the fitness industry. Mm, very, very um, interesting, you know, topic to chat about. The fitness industry, you know, it's really exploded in the last five years, hasn't it, Danny? It sure has. I swear, like, every second person is a personal trainer now. It used to be DJs. <laughs> I remember in high school, like, everyone <laughs> wanted to be a DJ, including me. Now it's personal trainers. Yeah, I know. It's like everyone's um, becoming personal trainers or getting involved. And I think there's just so many different platforms and avenues to enter the fitness industry now. So it's really cool that, you know, the entry point is um, so diverse and everyone can get involved. But it also does mean that, you know, the market becomes really saturated. So it is important to um, have a bit of a game plan if you want to get into it. Yeah, so we just wanted to have an open discussion perhaps of where we've been through our journey. I mean, it's as normal, yin and yang. Like I've been, I started years ago, nearly a decade ago, but this is a fresh time for you, which is really cool. I mean, you got to bypass bloody the gym floor and go straight online. Like that's freaking epic. (laughs) Freaking hell. I know. I feel like I've been doing a five-year apprenticeship on my own though, you exactly. know, and I think um, it's very different to, you know, like I get a lot of personal trainers reach out and chat to me and want to be like asking me questions about where I learned a lot of my information. And I'm like, I've just been walking the walk and talking the talk for so long that I feel yeah. like when I did finally step into it, you know, um, it was, it was really tough to do the cert three and cert four because I was like, oh my God, this is so basic to where I'm at now, you know, because you're constantly learning, you're constantly absorbing information from everywhere and you're almost refining your own craft. Yeah, very much so. And that's always the best way to learn just by actually taking ourselves through it because you get to feel what it feels like. You get to Mm -hmm. go through that trial and error process. And we've spoken about it Mm -hmm. a lot. I mean, this whole thing is trial and error. And, you know, your priorities are going to change as you change and grow. So it's really important when stepping into the industry to sort of know the reality of it. I mean, Mm. I remember hearing Michelle Bridges on the radio back, you know, when I first started and I really thought that it was such a sexy job and it was going to be really cool. Like it's an amazing job, but it's a freaking hustle. Like to get out straight from your cert three and four where you don't really learn that much to be honest in the scheme of things to then be thrown into you learn yeah look that was me putting it lightly um (laughs) you learn nothing which is fine but not really because then all of a sudden people's lives and health and well-being are in your hands and it's scary you feel vulnerable oh can i oh can can I just say, every time I put up a and a box, I always get one question asking um, where you, uh, they should do their Cert 3 and 4 through. And my response is always the same. It doesn't matter. Get the piece of paper so you can actually start learning. Yeah. Because it's unfortunate that the entry point is so low um, and that all you need is the certificate so you can have insurance. Yeah. Um, but this is why you need to be different. And this is why you need to have your own craft. 
craft and your own trial and error and your own philosophies yeah. um, and network, right? Like the cert three and four isn't going to get you the clients. Like no degree is because mm-hmm. no one cares what you know unless they know that you care. So yeah. unless you're a good person, no one gives a shit. Yep. Nailed it. Spot on. Um, so yeah, you get your cert three and four, you realize, all right, cool. This was really just the bare minimum. That's when it's really good to not only take yourself through coaching and transformations like what you did, Sherelle, obviously getting on stage many, many, many times. Um, but then also seeking mentors, like it's easy to feel like we never know enough. And Oh, so easy all the time. And I think we all have that battle, you know, daily and it it can really do your heading, but then you need to remember you and I, Sherelle, we've started somewhere. And I think for these new trainers, it can be overwhelming and it's like, well, how would I learn so much? And I remember someone, a friend of mine said, Danny, do you look at trainers now and go, they don't know what they're doing. And I'm like, no, actually. I don't because once upon a time I was that trainer there and I think I've said it before my first ever gym class half of them walked out I had no idea what I was doing I overcomplicated it literally half of them stopped my class and just went on the bike because it was less traumatizing for them and I didn't sleep that night and I just felt so shit but you just keep going so I will never look down on a trainer who's trying their best because that's where we started. We started there. Um, so it's important to remember for yourselves, like you're just starting. It's okay. Like, but keep learning. That's all you can do. I love that. I love that. Thank you for sharing that, Danny, because I think it's Thanks, really Sean. important that people do understand, you know, where we started. And I've been having this little conversation with a few of my clients for many, many months now about putting them, themselves out there, starting their, the Cert 3 start and 4, you know, um, posting more content, getting on their stories, like wanting to spread the message, but having that sort of um, limiting belief that why would anyone want to listen to me? Mm. And I'm so pushy because I'm like, oh, that was me. And I just... Yeah wish that I had someone who believed in me um you know it's it's something called self-efficacy you know really believing in yourself and Mm. sometimes you just need that um I guess that that authority or that role model to believe in you and give you that little push because it really is about putting yourself out there and we're all going to make mistakes and I forwarded my uh, my first ever Instagram post to one of the girls and I was like look at what I did like when I first announced myself I guess that I was competing or training or whatever it was and I was like and look how much experience you're coming into this with far more than what I did so you know it's it's really easy to look at you know perhaps us or perhaps you know other influences um or people that you might perceive are doing really well but then it's also you don't see that first post back in 2016 (laughs) you don't see the grind you don't see people walking out of your gym class no, exactly. And it was kind of buried in this, my subconscious until someone asked that question. And then I'm like, no, I need to share that actually. Like, and, and yeah, it's important for people to realize that we started somewhere. Like, what was your first Instagram post that you forwarded? I, um, so I had my Instagram page on private okay, and I didn't have anyone like anyone on there and I was just posting fitness content. And then it was my first ever competition I prepped it was four weeks out I didn't tell a single soul except for Luke and then um, I was pretty diced like oh, yeah. and then I, I took a photo in my bikini 
um, and posted it and said, okay, I'm just going to tell everyone I've been doing this competing thing. I'm four weeks out. Um, and then, yeah, I took my account off private and made it public mm. and I was initially going to have a separate fitness account but I thought this is who I am why make two yeah so yeah that's that's how it all started and, you know I had a lot of people support me but I remember how nervous I was and even like talking to some of my clients when they're making their first fitness posts like how yeah. nervous they are getting you know girls reading a couple of the posts for them and mm. like, I'm like they're like, when's that stop? Like, when do you stop getting nervous? I'm like, you sort of don't. You know, yeah. like sometimes I get on my story and I talk and I put myself out there and I say controversial things and whatnot. But, and I still get anxious. Like, yeah. I'm still like, oh, there's a lot of people seeing that. Yeah. But, you know, you've got to make waves. Yep. Yep. And it just comes with practice, just like anything that we may be doing for the first time. It's the more you do it, the more comfortable you feel, but then also the more confident you feel in yourself. I mean, coming out as a fresh trainer, yeah, maybe you don't know it all and that's fine because you just started. You're not a black belt, you're still a white belt. Um, so then that will come out in our insecurities, but it's all part of it. We've all been there. I mean, you, you still have it. I still have it. I know a lot of us do. And it's just important to acknowledge it, but then come back to the reason why you're posting it in the first place. You're actually trying to help people. Mm. And that's such a beautiful mm. thing. So it's actually a disservice if we stay silent and don't make ourselves vulnerable and put that information out there. Mm. Because imagine the people that we could be helping, even if we just help one person, it's still better than not doing it at all because we're scared. So always yeah. back to why you're doing it. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, you've had that conversation with me many, many of times until I finally took the leap. It's just like, you've just got to follow what, what your passion is. And if you yeah. generally believe in yourself and you generally care about what you're doing and you're passionate about it, it's just a matter of time. So just speed up that process. Yeah. Yep. For sure. So when we started, really, there wasn't this whole social media. I mean, it's been really cool that you have got to experiment on yourself and have mentors and really put in the groundwork in a different way to what the old school trainers, what we did. I mean, I started off by cleaning treadmills and just trying to strike up mm. a conversation with a potential client, you know, whereas now you sort of got to use social media, not saying one's harder or better than the other. It's just been the evolution. So for all the new ones coming in now, Yes, you, you may not be able to go straight to online and that's totally mm. okay because that face-to-face -face experience is still very important. But just put mm. yourself in a scenario that's going to be optimal for you. I mean, for you, Sherelle, mm. you know, you did your comp preps, you've had mentors and coaches and you read and you study. You didn't have to go walk around the gym floor and start there. But for someone else, maybe that's a better option too. So it's really about finding mm. your scenario that's going to help you grow and put yourself in that best environment. For sure. 100%. And like you said, it does come down to a lot of confidence as well. So like, you know, communication in this industry and in everything in life is so yeah. fundamentally important. So, you know, like, I guess in my, my work as a nurse and a midwife, like, uh, communication is one of my best assets because you've just got to be good at it. Yeah. So, you know, having that interaction, regardless if it's, you know, on social media, but more importantly in person with humans and human connection and verbal and nonverbal communication as well, you know, is so important for 
support um, developing relationships and rapport because that's what the fitness industry is about. You know, I get really pissed off when a lot of people just talk about methods and strategy and what's optimal when it's like, no one cares about your strategy and your methods if you can't actually get the person to do it. You know, like that's what's most important. If you can't build a rapport or a relationship or they look up to you or they admire what you do, how do you think that they're going to adhere to the program or the best method that you've set them? Exactly. Because that's what a coach is, as we've said, getting someone from A to B, not just talking at someone with science and the best facts like that might work Mm -hmm. on a piece of paper and in a textbook, but Mm -hmm. not in real life. Because, you know, yeah. your client won't care. That, like, yes, clients care why you're doing things. But at the end of the day, they want results. They want it yeah. for them. We all think about ourselves, really, when it comes down to it. So if you can't actually help them get the thing that they want, then it's useless. Mm, I agree. And, you know, there's so many, you know, experts out there that, you know, that both um, me and you look up to and read a lot of their, um, their work and their studies and follow on social media and other platforms. But a lot of these people are just speaking to themselves and their own other little niche. And that's where I think people like us, we take it almost as a responsibility to come in and take some of that information and really dissect it and be like, okay, what is, because you know, God forbid, if I don't understand what someone's talking about on their story, I just think to myself, who, who is going to understand out of my followers if I just rope learn that? No yeah. one. So it's about being able to understand something well enough so that you can dissect the information and deliver it in a digestible way. And yeah. that's what I, like, I really enjoyed learning in, in um, you know, my, I guess, fitness journey. I used to listen to all these people and be like, what the freaking hell are they talking about? Yeah. Like it's in one ear and it's out the other. It's got no application. They're just using all these big words. And that's something as well. If you're starting out as a trainer, sounding smart is not going to get you clients. No one gives a shit. You know, just make it understandable and relatable. Yep. And that's what I think scares people because there is so much of that out there. So you hit the nail on the head. Um, And that's what can lead people to thinking that they don't know enough. But at the end of the day, the people that are talking in the scientific terms, maybe their niche is people who love science and research and things Mm. like that. And that's Mm. fine. But then it really comes back to us working out, all right, cool, who's the type of client that we want to work with? It might be just Sally from down the road who's 43 and has two kids. You know, she probably doesn't really care about the technical terms. She just wants to feel good and and run around with the kids and go out with the girls. So Mm. you really have to fine tune your niche, which, I mean, it does take time. I remember starting as a trainer. I would just say yes to everyone. I just wanted clients. I didn't Mm. want to scrub the treadmills anymore. I cleaned them like four times in the one hour. I was bored shitless. I'm like, right. As soon as anyone inquires, I'm just going to say yes. However, Mm. we get to that point where it's like, oh my God, I'm just taking everyone on now. I don't, you know, trying to be a jack of all trades. It does get to that point Mm. where you are ready to transition and go, look, sorry, I might not actually work well with you. I'm not going to take you on, but I'll refer you to so-and-so. And And then you'll be able to dissect Mm. and work out, okay, cool. This is who I like training this is who I'm actually getting better results for, so on and so forth. And then you build a niche. I mean, there's no way in mm. hell when I started that I thought I'd be end up like doing rehab and stuff. No way. Um, it just, mm. you just fall into that or you just keep, mm. you know, trial and error, trial and error. Yeah. So yeah. Finding your and niche. I guess, um, 
Yeah, it is really important. I used to, I used to be like, poop, like you know, poo poo or finding your niche. Like, what is, what's that even mean? You know, and the people probably are like, what's that mean? You know, and it sort of does mean finding the clientele is what you said that you can help the most. Because yeah. again, when you've got big platforms or you know, there's a lot of people that want help. Mm. I think it's important that you take take it on board that you can't help everyone. Or, you know, more importantly, you've got to want to help the people so that you can deliver the best service because it does come down to that communication and relationship, you know. As I always say, would you take them fishing? If the answer is no, well, maybe you're not going to work well with them. That's right. You have to know how to say no. Yes, short term for the bank account, it might not be ideal as a new trainer because it is a, a grind out there when you're first starting. Um, but then you have to think the long game. Because it's actually mm. more painful taking on a client that you don't gel with. You end up wasting more time, more energy. There's more frustration mm. than if you were just to have said, look, sorry, at the start. Maybe, you know, this mm. won't work. But again, it's all learning. Mm. I was going to say, like you said, Danny, you know, we've all ta- uh, worked with clients that perhaps weren't suited for us. Yeah. And I think sometimes you've got to do that so that you can uh, establish or figure out what exactly your niche is. Yes, exactly. Exactly. At the start, great. Take so many people on. But then as you grow and learn, you'll definitely be able to fine tune that. And that will change as you change because it can be quite monotonous. And as humans, we need to keep growing and learning. And if we just, if it becomes Groundhog Day and we're not getting challenged, then, you know, that's an issue in itself. So the kind of people that you work with will change. A hundred percent. Yeah. So um, another thing with being a trainer and saying yes to clients, like the hour, I'm talking face to face, by the way, the hours are, are ridiculous. You can start from anywhere from 5 a.m. And you're so lucky, Cheryl, you didn't get to do this. Not lucky. You know, you crafted your path and that's awesome. But freaking hell, 5 a.m. starts till maybe 9 a.m. Then you've got nothing in the day. Yeah, you'll probably do your workout if you're not tired and have a nap. Then you're coming back at night, peak time at the gym. That's, that's the hustle. So whoever sold the whole thing on the radio back when I was, you know, just starting or even on Instagram, laptop, lifestyle, rainbows and beaches, it's a grind, whether you're face-to-face or online. So we need to remember to set limits and boundaries because we've spoken about burnout in some of our previous episodes. Mm. However, it's real. Like you're training people all day. All you're talking about is training and nutrition. It's easy to put yourself under the bus and forget about your own training. So it's really important Mm. to actually schedule in your health and well-being too as a fresh trainer because it's easy to get caught up in the money and the work and you're helping people and it's so good but then yeah there's that fine line between that tipping point and taking it too far yeah 100 percent. and i actually don't know if you know this but i did work um on the floor at a gym for a period of time oh sorry i'm glad you told me (laughs) (laughs) i'm glad we worked it out halfway through the episode I was like, I wonder if she knows. I totally didn't. I didn't didn't really um, promote it or or anything like that. And I just had a small handful of clients because I was working at the hospital. But, yeah, I used to do a couple of clients in the morning, go do an early shift, come home and do the other couple of clients in the afternoon. And that was just just for experience. You know, while I was trying to, I had an incredible mentor um, and I really just wanted to learn from him. And, you know, I figured out after a little while that the niche I was working with wasn't for me, you know, like I wanted to work with, um, I guess, 
I guess, more clientele like myself. That's where I know that I can give the best asset, like educating young women. And I wasn't working with that population. So that was, um, I did that for about 12 months until oh, I fine. sort of Sorry. <laughs> Do you even know me? Wait, what's your name again? <laughs> oh, shit. Who are Bad you? Bad friend of moves away. to Danny. No, but, you know, like... Um, you know, I share a lot, but I just, I kept that, you know, very quiet because I didn't mm. want to um, take on a big client list. I just wanted to find my feet as a new trainer, yeah. right? Yeah. And sort of figure out what the friggin' hell I was doing and whether this was right for me. Mm. Um, and I loved it. I did love it. And that's what, how, what led me to sort of transition away and um, yeah. from the in-person and be like, how can I reach more of the clientele that I want to work with? Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, I've got this platform. I could just start using that. Mm, brilliant yeah okay but like you said <laughs> about the self-care and everything it is so important because there is only so long that you can do that grinding working working many jobs rescheduling for people right like making oh, yeah. things bend you gotta you gotta look after yourself because if you don't prioritize your own training and your own nutrition and for there's always times where you don't you feel it yeah exactly and then sometimes or a lot of the time your image as a trainer is based off how you look as well you know it's like you wouldn't go to a hairdresser with shit hair like you still you can't (laughs) you know (laughs) it's true it is true yeah so you can't tarnish your brand in that way but then also it can be a trap where your brand is purely based on your body. If all of a sudden Mm. you're posting photos of your body and that's your branding only and you don't really have much going for you, it's a trap because A, you can't look your best all the time and it's exhausting trying to. And B, one day you might have kids or and one day we're going to get old. Like we're not going to always look like that. So try and find other ways to have your brand as well. Um, I suppose the market's really changing from just aesthetic results. There's a lot of mindset coaches out there now and, and lifestyle. And I think that's really important because it's such a big avenue mm. of this whole game. But then from a coach's point of view, there's less pressure as well to always have a six pack for your photos. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think we've really seen that shift in the last 12 to 24 months with people really stepping up and embracing things like body confidence and speaking up and preaching more, you know, um, open communication about women's health and periods and all these other things that have sort of been swept under the rug for a long period of time and almost hid behind the six pack um, or competing or whatever it might be. And it's, it's really important, you know, to show, and it just comes down to showing you as a human and being like, you know what, like I don't have a six pack all the time. Oh my God, no. Or like, you know, I have, I have family and I have problems and I have issues too. And I'm not always motivated because that's what makes you relatable as, as a person. Yep, exactly. Because if someone sees you to be too out of reach as well, then they're not going to ask for your help because it's like, well, they have their life. That's different. Whereas if you showcase your struggles, as you said, Sherelle, it is relatable. And then people will be able to learn how we get out of a sticky situation or how we maximize a situation that doesn't go our way. And then they'll be able to learn how to do that themselves. Um, So that, yeah, definitely has been a big shift in that avenue for sure. But Mm. in saying that people chase followers, right? And we need to be clear that just because you have a lot of followers, it doesn't mean that that is your income. 
followers doesn't always equal money. Like it depends on the quality of your followers. So there, even I used to be like this. I thought, all right, I'm going to spend hours every day trying to write captions, photos, this, that. And then I'd just get people from, you know, overseas who weren't in my niche, older guys and all that. And then, you know, they're not going to buy your product. Obviously, social media is very important and you're more onto it than what I am, Sherelle. You do a brilliant job. But people can get caught up in that never-ending loop of followers chasing that, but then getting zero return from it. So it's important to really try and find the type of followers that you're getting and then how to utilize them. I know Gary V once mm-hmm. said, instead of trying to get more followers or more clients, look after the ones that you already have. And then it will be a snowball effect. And that really stuck with me, actually. It's like, all right, cool. Well, I have mm. to look after the ones that I've actually got first. Mm. Yeah, I, I remember reading that from Gary as well and being yeah. like, 100%, like, I spend a lot of time getting back to people. I spend a lot of time responding to comments for the mm. people that I've already got. Do you know what I mean? Like, you don't spend heaps of times in your requests for the people like the, that aren't like your, your main followers. You've got to give back to your direct niche and not get worried about the number. Like, don't even yeah. freaking look at it. If you're a good person and you're putting out valuable content, that number's going to grow regardless. So yeah. don't worry about it. Yeah, exactly. You may lose followers and I know people get caught up in the app. I deleted the app because I didn't just want to look at it. It's good data. What app? Um, where you the Instagram see- app? No, no, I haven't deleted Instagram. <laughs> the app where you can um, see who unfollowed you and stuff like that. Oh, fuck. I didn't even know that. Oh, thing. You're going to download it. I don't it want that. No <laughs> chance. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I remember being at work, I think it was, and then you'd know someone unfollowed you, but then they didn't know that you knew and then you'd be looking at him and it's like, why do you want to follow me? Like, oh my God. Oh no, wow. Like 18 or something. Yeah. Um, but you might, yeah, lose followers, but then gain five, but those five might be your perfect, you know, young women that you want to work with and you can really make an impact in their life. So the number means nothing. It's the engagement that you get, the comments and all of that. Yeah. 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 It's the engagement, the interaction that you have. And, you know, before, anytime before I ever make a post, I always think like, who's this going to benefit? Who's this going to help? Um, what sort of message is this sending? It does the caption speak volumes to the post, you know, like, is this, is this staking, um, making a stand? Cause you know, there's nothing that grinds my gears when it's just like an empty, empty caption that we yeah. and you know that they've just posted it for content yeah. and like that's why i don't like social media strategy and all these people that have all this weird shit it's like just post <laughs> in the moment when you feel it i'm probably bad like i'm sure it's a great business thing but <laughs> just post what you want when you feel yeah you know with compassion and enthusiasm and sometimes i'll write a post and if i don't get around to posting it i used to do it all the time i'd be in the staff room and i'd be like oh like I want to say something and then I'd have to go back to work and then at um, dinner time I'd be like, oh, that's gone now. Like it's that, yeah. that enthusiasm's not there to make that post. So, you yeah. know, move with momentum and ride the wave. Like if you've got an idea, just post it. Don't dwell on it. Don't think mm. it. If you mm. thought it was a good idea at that given time, then it is. Just go yeah. for it. Put yourself out there and be unique. Don't copy trends. Don't copy quotes. Don't copy filters. Just do you. There you go. Mic drop there. I love that. And it's gotten to the point where it has been a bit predictable. Like 
you know, the hump day photo. Like, don't look back unless you're looking. What is it? Don't look back unless you're looking how far you've come. And I can say that because I posted it years ago. We've all done it or, you know, stuff like that. And it's fine. But just try and be original. Try and, yeah, Mm. be unique and come up with yourself. But also try and be consistent in the message that you're posting because it Mm. there's it it depends how serious you want to take this and Cheryl we're all about teaching people how to level up now so don't practice health and fitness and wellness but then on Saturday night post a photo of you with drinks in your hands you know keep that for your personal page or your snapchat or your tinder or whatever don't put it on your personal instagram because inconsistency that that just blurs the message as well. I think people, mm. yeah, it really depends on the kind of business you want to have. From a fitness mm. industry and health and wellness perspective, probably not ideal to do it every weekend. Yeah, yeah. You've got to be, um, I guess, reserved about certain things. And, you know, on the, on the counter flip though as well, I think it's important to showcase more than just one side. I used to think like that as well. I'd be like, oh, no one wants to see about my nursing. You know, like this, people are here for health and fitness. No one cares about my nursing. Um, And then when I started posting more nursing content and tips and tricks for shift work and all that sort of stuff, I realized this whole other niche that I didn't even know existed. I'm like, oh, people look up to me for this sort of stuff. So that's when I was like, you know, your niche doesn't have to be one thing. It's not this like isolated group of 18 year old single Mm. mothers. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's everything that you are and it's everything that you put yourself out in the world as. So yes, if you're going out and get lit every Saturday (laughs) night, don't try and sell an ebook on clean eating, (laughs) but then also be human. And I think that's what people forget. And that's, for example, when we started the Level Up Instagram page, I was a bit like, oh, I wonder if people are going to get involved and watch the, the IGTVs and into the content because it's not a person. So that's when you find that when you struggle with um, businesses, like they're making accounts and that they're not real, um, you can't connect with them. Yeah. Obviously, because we jump on there and we're so involved and we interact with, with every all of our listeners. Mm. That's why it didn't go down that path. But you can see how easily it could. Yeah, for sure. And again, it really just depends on the type of business that you have. Um, in saying mm. that, and um, we touched on it before, networking, but more than just on social media. Go to the fitness expos. You know how excited I get about that, Cheryl. I freaking <laughs> oh, every year. I was shattered when they were all cancelled this year. It's just the time to, for me to run around and just hug everyone. Back when we were allowed to hug people and you didn't go to bloody jail for doing so. Like, and you just, <laughs> you meet people, you, you like-minded people, you make friends, you mingle with brands and all of that. I think they're really important to put yourself out in events, whether they be the fitness mm. expos, shows, um, powerlifting comps, anything, anything that's related mm. to, to your world, put yourself out there and have fun with it. But one yeah, conversation and I, can change your whole path. Yes, 100%. That was how you made opportunities for yourself a few years ago. I think, you know, the evolution of social media and everything's really exploded in the last couple of years. But Mm. prior to that, you know, you did go to the Arnold Classic. You did go Mm. to the Health and Fitness Expos and that's how you mingled and met people. I even think that's where we brushed shoulders quite a few times. That's how you meet friends. Mm. In fact, yeah, that was that story that we did go to the Sydney show together. 
Yeah, that's how. Through the DMs, you saw that we were going to the show, joined in, and away we went. Up on our little holiday together and haven't looked back since. So There we go. How good. Um, really important. And I remember, and I sometimes still fall in this as well, you just try and we're all about creating opportunities. But then sometimes you just have to let life take its path as well. Mm-hmm. So all you can really do is keep following what makes you feel fulfilled and what you're actually good at and follow that path and it will change, but things look after themselves. I mean, I'm sure you and I looking back 10 years ago, if we tried to plan what we were doing now, even doing this podcast right now, I know there's no way in hell I would have imagined really doing it. So Mm. you just have to take opportunities, learn how to say yes, learn how to say no and just follow it without trying to, you know, put too much pressure on yourself and be like every everyone else in the fitness industry. Like, it's just not realistic. Mm. It's, it'll be exhausting. No. I read this quote somewhere, I can't even remember, and I'm probably going to butcher it, but they said, <laughs> um, luck, luck is when opportunity meets perseverance. And that's the same thing. So the more that you persevere at something, opportunities are going to present. And I was on the phone to you a couple of weeks ago, remember, and I was saying to you, feel like all these opportunities are just coming up, mm. but it's because you let go of the other things that are stopping you from allowing to see and take an action on those opportunities. So, you know, once you put down, you know, or get rid of these other barriers, you know, let the universe do its thing and mm. say yes to these opportunities. Like let people in, let them mm. help you. Um, that's when the real magic happens. Yeah. You're so right. And at the end of the day, our industry is, a beautiful one because you know we're here to help people better their lives and by also proving that we can better our lives it helps other people so try not to get caught up in the egos there's a lot of mm. egos in the game and we've gone through our own things where i know when i was younger you know you think you're awesome oh, i'm a pt this that and you go through it and whatever it's fine but spend more energy and time on your own personal growth rather than looking Mm -hmm. at this trainer and that trainer and putting them down and and Mm -hmm. all that. Like, it's just wasted energy. Put all that into your growth because at the end of the day, we're all here to try and make a difference in someone's lives and that needs to be Mm -hmm. positive energy, not negativity. Yeah, there's an, there's so many people out there that need help, and yep. you know I I find it I find it petty when people fight over clients or whatever it might be because it's like yep. there is so many people to service, and like you can't keep up with demand once you start putting yourself out there. If you are just trying to be your best and do your best, the business will come, the yep. following will come. Exactly, people can really sense authenticity, and and that is what will attract people to you for sure. Mm-hmm. So enjoy the ride. It's a roller coaster and it's always changing, which is the fun mm-hmm. part because us high achievers, type A personalities love changes and all of that. If things get a bit monotonous, that's when we go a little bit crazy. So enjoy the ride, but without mm-hmm. burning yourself out, all right? Always put your oxygen mask on first. Yeah, 100%. And it's funny, you know, like I think for both of us, we we ended up getting into this because it comes secondary. Like mm. we enjoy training, we enjoy competing and and the business side of it, like, I don't know, definitely not for me. It, it blew my mind when I found out that people competed as a part of their business. I was like, 
why would you compete for business? How does that bring business? I did not understand it. Did not understand it. Because I was like, I just love doing this. Um, But then obviously the more that you get into it, you know, and that's why I say it's secondary. So I don't um, compete because I train. Uh, no, sorry, I don't train because I compete. I compete because I train. Yeah, that makes sense. Like I'm always a tr- training, and as a result, this is how all these things have accumulated. I never thought that I'd be in this position. Never. So you know that it comes back down to just finding what you're good at, finding what you love, and just riding with it. Yep. Perfect. I think mm-hmm. that's a, a summary and the reality of our experience when we started versus how it's changed from back in the day to now. But it is, it is fun. It's a grind, uh, but it's not always sunshine and rainbows, as I always say. It's freaking hard work, just like any other job, really. But enjoy it at the same time. It's all mm. part of it. Mm. It's all part of it and it's all worth it, right? Like at the start, I feel like you've got to grind a hell of a lot harder uh, until you find your feet because it all comes down to energy. You know, you're trying to build something, you're trying to study, you're trying to learn, you're trying to look after yourself and please everyone else around you and attend to your clients. You know, it's time consuming and energy consuming um, at the same time. But once you get into the swing of things and you you start finding more balance in your life and you establish like a client list or an online platform or whatever it is, um, you sort of learn to be okay with never having everything done on your to-do list. You know, you sort of learn to do the priorities and, and manage what needs to be managed and look after yourself and trust, you know, the timing of, of your own life because it will just all work out. And, you know, if you don't get back to a client, it's going to be okay. If you don't get your workout done, it's going to be okay. And you just learn to deal with all of that stuff. So what a ride, hey, what a ride. Bring it on. Absolutely love it. And love doing it with you, Sherelle. What a ride indeed. Yeah. (laughs) Bloody oath. Um, Anyways, thanks again, girls, for tuning in and listening to another Level Up podcast. Um, They're really cracking on now. You know, what are we? 34. We'll be getting on to the the annual one. Have to have a big party, I reckon. Absolutely. Oh, it'll be a party for sure. (laughs) All right, girls. Thanks again. Um, If you did enjoy this episode, please do take a screenshot, tag myself, tag Danielle, and of course, tag the Level Up podcast.